Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, going to the east side this week on Urban Spelunking to the former Vitucci's. And you know what? People have been going to the former Vitucci's on the east side for we're going there for 85 years. That's right. Yeah, it closed back in November, but it had a, a really great run, 85 years, all under the same family ownership, which is extremely rare, in, not just in Milwaukee, but really anywhere. And interestingly, can I just point out really quickly that although we all know it as Vitucci's and the family's name Vitucci's, for a lot of those 85 years, it was not called Vitucci's, which I had not known. Yeah. So what was it called? It was called My Office. Brilliant. Which apparently no connection to the long-lived downtown My Office. That's right. So I wonder if there was ever an overlap. No. Probably for the best. You can only have one office that's a bar. But, you know, sometimes when you, you're doing these research, I just expected it was always called Vitucci's. And I started seeing ads in the newspapers for Frank Vitucci's My Office. Yeah. I'm like, what? And there it was. So in the complete podcast, we talk more about the future of Vitucci's and what might happen in this building. But let's just start with the family. I mean, this is such an interesting story. This Italian family that ran this business for 85 years. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. When did they settle in Milwaukee? Well, it's crazy because it starts with this guy, Michael Vitucci, who came from Italy early in the 20th century, went to the Third Ward, had a couple of businesses there, one of which was a bar and restaurant, which is how his son, Frank, gets in the bar and restaurant business. And Frank is the one that opens Vitucci's. Okay. But Michael's interesting because he becomes sort of an respected and important figure in the Italian Third Ward at the time. And when there are these sort of warring black hand gangs, which is sort of like an early uh, mafia thing, um, he he's able to kind of bring them together and create this peace between these warring factions. That and, is uh, so interesting. Yeah, and so like a judge who is not Italian, not Italian, just a judge in the city, calls him the king of the Third Ward because he's able to kind of wield this sort of power over over people just because he's so respected. Everybody, everybody's willing to come and sit with him because they, they trusted him. And that really speaks to the tight-knit Italian community that was uh, in Milwaukee at the time where you could have this figure that brought together people and really shared this sense of pride in their identity, you know, making it as immigrants themselves yeah. in, their, in their little nook of Milwaukee. Such an important guy that when he was about to go back to Italy to visit his mother, there was a, a big picture in the newspaper saying that he's about to leave and he's going to be gone and, you know, wow. like... They didn't do that every time, <laughs> you know, somebody was going to, to Europe. And then when he comes back, there's articles about how the Third Ward was rejoicing and partying all night long at the return of Michael Vitucci. So what was his business? He had taken over a business that sold a very popular in the day in Italian, well, all immigrant communities, and maybe in its own way sort of popular now. Sold steamship tickets, um, did money exchanging so mm. that a lot of people would send money, as they do now, would send money home to their families. They came here to work. To make lives better for people back home too, so did that kind of work, and then he also had the bar and restaurant. And Vitucci's itself, whatever name it was at the time, went through all these different changes over the years, and it looked like it was kind of a higher end place, you know, a nice supper club where you sit down and have a nice steak dinner. It wasn't just like a corner bar that some people might know Vitucci's as most recently. Right. Well, it's interesting because we all, I think, people of, of the last say, let's say, thirty years, forty years, all sort of have their Vitucci moment. You know, the sort yeah. of era when they went to Vitucci's and sort of felt like it was theirs. You know, in the late '80s was when I was there because bands played there and we played there. Yeah, you were in and, a band. You played that. Yeah. The, the, you played the snare the drum, right? Yeah. yeah, the snare drum and the other drums. Yeah. All the, <laughs> the whole, all the whole set. Right. It wasn't a marching band. Or anything, so. <laughs> you mentioned um, in your story that you were in the back. You know, Grace. Oh yeah, yeah. The room with the. Um, Drum. 
I was probably just blowing out everybody's ears. For that. <laughs> but then, you know, in the after the band sort of stopped, there was still sort of a kind of hipster run there for a while yeah. where they would they, they started doing interesting cocktails and that yeah. kind of thing. And, and then for a while it became sort of like more of a college North Avenue bar where it was sort of known for cheap drinks and having lots of them and that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, but, but even before that, it changed all the time. You know, when, when Frank first opened it, it was really just kind of a tavern, you know. And they were serving food at the time, too. But by the 40s, they had a woman coming in who was um, well-known in Milwaukee from working at Italian restaurants. And she was cooking for a while. And then when she left, they uh, they converted it into a cocktail lounge. So then it had that sort of that vibe, a little more upscale than just a kind of tavern. There was um, pizza there. And there was pizza there early on. And um, that was uh, new to Milwaukee, new to America yeah, at the time. Yeah. But then they added the back room and they put in um, like a charcoal grill that yeah. later was converted to a fireplace. Um, and that fireplace is still, still in the there. building. Yeah. yeah. And it became a supper club. Through these decades, it always just kind of had a different vibe depending on when you went there and when your Vitucci Zero was. And I loved that old menu that you uncovered that listed these prices. First, I was like, I gotta. I wish I would have been around then to enjoy a three dollar filet mignon. Oh, I know. I always know? love looking at those old <laughs> menus when you just think, how could they possibly have made any money from this? You see, like hamburgers for thirty cents, and you think, what's the what's the markup there? Right. <laughs> and uh, the the ninety cent shrimp cocktail, and just so many. I, I just, want a ninety cent shrimp cocktail. <laughs> although maybe not <laughs> I don't now. Know if you do, yeah. Yeah, not now. That sounds like something you get in uh, downtown Las Vegas or something. But yeah. uh, <laughs> shady. Well, our conversation continues next. More from inside of Vitucci's. We're going to talk about the possible future and what might lie in store for that building on North Avenue. That's next on Urban Spelunking. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back on North Avenue at the former Vitucci's. It's been closed since November, and as we learned, uh, just such a rich family history there. 85 years in the same family. And I guess that just begs the question, I mean, it's been, it seems like longer. Like, it's been closed since November, but it feels like longer. It does. It does feel like longer. But it's it's also odd because it hasn't really changed. Like, yeah. they basically just shut the door one day. You know, I mean, like, from the outside, even on the inside, Everything's basically still there, you know. Yeah, when you went in, inside and shared the photos on your story, I was like, I recognize recognize those chairs. I recognize the light mm-hmm. fixtures. It looks like it just closed one day. And Yeah, and it really it. did. And, you know, they're, they have it on the market. We should go back because what happened is over the years, once Frank and Anna passed away, their sons took it over. Okay. So four sons were kind of running it. But you know how that's, that's not going to work, right? So over time... What happened is various branches of the family were running it at different times, which also sort of accounts, I think, for why we talked about before how Vitucci's changed over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, when Myron was running it with his dad, Myron, that's when they had the music because Myron was into that. But then when they weren't really running it anymore, it changed from that because another branch of the family took it over. You mentioned the music. There was a time when there was a, a singing bartender. That's unrelated. Okay, I mean, that's, so that's strike that. Yeah, that was not there. Continue. Um, so what happened is, you know, like, they had this huge family, I should say, too, that Frank and Anna lived upstairs in the apartment, which is, I think, a decent-sized apartment, but I should point out that they had 12 children. Wow. So there are 14 people. There's no way that apartment, or any apartment, <laughs> is big enough for 14 people. And but anyway, we- so they have this huge family. Part of the reason I think it lasted so long is because there were so many 
branches and generations of these branches willing to kind of have a go. So because they had this big family, there was... There was always kind of fresh blood that was ready to take it over yeah, with their and, ideas. Yeah, and what happened is they sort of ran out of fresh blood in, yeah. in the sense that, you know, a couple of years ago, um, the Mike Vitucci that I talked to, who is not the Mike Vitucci that also owns um, the Belmont and a bunch of other businesses. Two different unrelated yes, Vitucci's. Cousins. Oh, oh okay. Cousins, cousins okay. yeah, but not the same guy. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I called him Illinois Mike in the story, because he, he lives in Illinois. Okay. Um that's so, kind of his nickname too, right? Yeah, I guess because everybody has to figure, you know, cause if you say Mike Vitucci, everybody thinks of Milwaukee Mike Vitucci who owns these other bars. And he, Milwaukee Mike Vitucci ran Vitucci's for a while too. He was one of the many. But anyway, so a couple of years ago, Illinois Mike, who is still partners in the business with some of his cousins and, and relatives, uh, said, I think it's time to move on. We got to do something. We got to sell the place. It's time, time to move on. Uh, one of the partners said, I'd like to give my son a chance He's interested. I'd like to give him a chance to give it a try. Okay. Um, so I'm not willing to sell unless we until we can do that. Which and everybody agreed. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Everybody's had their shot. If he wants the shot, let him have a shot. So the son uh, stepped in and ran it for I guess about two years, two or so years. And um, then even he said, "I I'm done." Yeah. He, uh, he tried it. He's uh, he got tired of just. It was a struggle. It's hard to run a bar business. You know. It's it's a it's a challenging. Thing to do. Well, I mean, in, in the interview, he mentions that, you know, the typical life cycle when you're doing a business plan, at least now when you're trying to launch a, a bar or a restaurant, typically it's like a seven-year business window. Life right, and you, would, and, you, and you would be amazed if you made it to seven years. Right. Like, you make a seven-year business plan, but most places don't even, don't even end up lasting that long. You know, when a person's looking to open a bar or a restaurant, you know, for somebody totally outside of business, um, like... How do you get into it knowing that, knowing that this could only last for, for seven years if you're lucky? Um, how does that go? Like, yeah, how do people do that? We, we read about these openings and closings all the time in Milwaukee, and you feel you feel for these business owners that are closing, but it's not always necessarily a, a sad thing. You know, it's just kind of things yeah. come to an end, and people move on and do other things, and it's not always right. devastating. Right, and I, I think for that's sort of where the where the Vitucci's are. It's, it's, 85 years, I had a pretty good run. Right. So they're, you know, some of them are maybe more sad than others about it, you know, but but uh, they realize they've gotten more out of that place than anybody could have really hoped to do. But like you said, with these bars and these restaurants open, and you think about what goes into that in mm -hmm. terms of how much money you spend to, if you have to rehab the place, if you have to decorate the place, if you know, to hire people, to, you know, develop a menu, to just all of the expense, all of the emotional expense and the energy expended to do something and then have it last two years has got to be, it really has, has to be devastating there's no way that i mean even if you're ready even if it's been if you're ready to walk away from it that's a sign of how bad it had been right I sure mean, why would you get into it knowing that it's a fundamentally challenged industry whether that's media or restaurants or music or whatever it is but you, you get into it because you know the present is now and you're making the most of it and you never know you know yeah when you're living in the best scenario that you're going to live in I, I at least i always try to think about that like, i always yeah i always worry about people who like don't understand why other people do that kind of thing because it makes me think that they're they can't see anything in their own life that they're passionate about to i mean it's not an insult but you know like i would never ask you why why would you do this thing you're passionate about even if you're not going to make money because i totally understand that the way I, most people understand it whether they're artists you know, chefs, craft cocktail makers, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they they have this sort of drive to do what they're passionate about, whether or not it makes financial sense.
So back to Vitucci's. Oh, um, Vitucci. Yeah, yeah. We, what's that? We got, we got in it there. That was good. <laughs> I like that. So I guess what's next for Vitucci's? The building itself has been vacant since November. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that it's it's on the market. Not completely vacant. So the apartment is still occupied. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, it's on the market. I think they're asking a million dollars. Okay. Um, which for a bar probably sounds like a lot of money, but it's also for the piece of land underneath the bar, which is on a pretty high profile corner in a desirable neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that at least. Again, it's hard. It's hard to speak to say what the whole family thinks because there's so many branches of the family that are involved. But I know that you know Illinois Mike um, thought it was not unrealistic to think somebody who's interested in buying it for that kind of money would probably want to tear it down and build fresh, build that, build something that was maybe a little more like what seems to be working financially for developers in the neighborhood. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, you know, given the changing profile of of uh, North Avenue. That wouldn't be f- that far fetched. No, right. So, um, I mean, he's he sort of comes to terms with that. He's not, you know. I mean, again, it, I'm sure it'll be a sad if if that happens. It'll be a sad day for the family to see this place that they all they all grew up there. Their grandparents lived there. You know, um, their name's been on it yeah. <laughs> for 85 years. Um, but they're realistic about it, you know. And I think there's some maybe who are hoping it will survive as a bar, like that somebody would come in and buy it and reopen it as a bar and be successful, but. You know, I'm not sure that's the reality of North Avenue anymore. You know, and you mentioned it's changed. The, you mentioned in the in the piece that there was some talk of potentially reopening it on a limited basis as Vitucci's on a lease. Um, yeah, he told me they'd be interested. I mean, if you called him up and said, "I want to open the bar, will you lease it to me?" Um, they're willing to do that. Um, he said the, the the biggest challenge to that is, I mean, it makes more sense for them too, right? Because in the it's open and it. It's better for selling it too, right? Because you have a then you have an active. It's easier to sell an active business than right. A, um, but part of the challenge is that he can't say what a new owner would want to do. So he could only really write you a lease that's contingent on it not getting sold. Because once it gets sold, it's out of his hands. What happens? So you'd have to be willing to sign on, knowing that in six months you could have to close. Maybe in six years, who knows? Could who knows how long it takes to sell. Well, no matter who's in in and running the business, it's going to have to be back to that passion, you know, and, and sinking um, not just money into it, but also a vision and, and an idea. And hopefully that comes to life. Yeah. And maybe somebody wants, you know, maybe somebody sees a chance to make a little money or to get their foot in the door in the industry. If that's if they're looking to do that, maybe that's a, an entryway, like a, a less scary way, less risky way to do that because everything's there. It's basically turnkey at the moment. Podcasts on 88.9 are edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from On Milwaukee and your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts on iTunes, on NPR, or anywhere you find your podcasts. And remember that feedback is very important, so please do take a moment and rate and review this podcast. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo. Thanks. Thanks, Nate.